ladies and gentlemen, it's the Nighttime Show, live from the Hollywood Improv in Los Angeles, California, only on Sideshow Network. Here today we've got our head writer, Matt Walker. Also, we have our amazing guest today from the Roast Battle. This is the Roast Battle Wrap-Up, folks. Roast Battle Wrap-Up. We've got the phenomenon known as Earl Skakel. And then, of course, a fan favorite, someone everyone loves, Olivia Grace, folks, is here. Someone everyone loves. Someone everyone best. loves. <laughs> That's the best intro ever. And now, our announcer, and of course, our host, and the most adorable man in five counties, Stephen Kramer Goodman! Yeah! What, what oh, sorry, are the five what? counties that you're the most adorable in? Well, Laguna Beach. That's definitely not a county. I don't know. I'm not good at things. Guys. <laughs> 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 How are you? How you doing? Welcome back. Holy crap. Roast Battle Wrap-Up. We got you guys here. This is amazing. Yeah. We get Earl, to sit down. thank you for wearing a shirt. Yeah, Absolutely. Yes, I appreciate that. You look very handsome. Yes. You do. You look I mean, terrific on the show. I mean, I'm all about the uh, live theater of Roast Battle. What's it like to go from being a, a well-respected comedian Although relatively unknown. No, not relatively. To being a name in the world of comedy in the span of like four days. It's uh it's overwhelming, you know, to go like literally sixteen years with pretty much nothing to yeah. within one week being on Comedy Central four nights. Remember, you and I Jesus had a conversation Christ. like maybe four months ago. We sat there, we were talking outside the improv one night, and we were talking about how uh, I've done stand-up now 13 years, and you're about 16 yeah. years in, and we talked about how neither one of us had ever been on TV to do stand-up. And then it's like three months later, all of a sudden, you've blown up. It's great. Dude, oh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't either. suck. Uh, <laughs> and it's all because of the uh, former talent coordinator at the comedy store. I mean, that's how I yeah. originally got into Roast Battle. You're was. doing a Tommy impression. And uh, that's yeah. the ultimate irony that I'm on TV. So for, the guy who wouldn't give you spots in the club is now sort Get. of responsible for you getting... To be known. That's great. That's so awesome. Thank you, Tommy. Were you yeah. doing an impression of Tommy at Roast Battle while Tommy was still working there? Oh, yeah. At that point, I had given up being passed at the store. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't burning a bridge. I oh. was uh, incinerating one. And, mm -hmm. uh, but he was never going to pass me, so I didn't really oh, care. fuck him. You know, who cares? Not I mean, really. Not, you know, you know what I'm saying. No, no. It's I, fine. I mean, I grew to like him a little bit when I had him on my podcast. And yeah. Oh, yeah. You did. You did have him on the podcast. That was a very brave and uh, and cool move to do that. Well, uh, I think I humanized him a little bit, but uh, he might have come off even worse to anyone. <laughs> you know, we him and me had a had a weird uh, and interesting relationship. I mean, I got passed at the store while he was there and he would give me spots and and like get me up and stuff but i also worked at the comedy store as a, a phone operator upstairs and i got to watch the way that he handled the world of comedy and it was it was tricky man it was hard to watch because it wasn't always <laughs> so i didn't always agree with a lot of the things that were comedy that were happening pretty. yeah well it wasn't it was you know you're watching the way the thing back then the the club was being handled very 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 differently and I think it's uh, it's killing it right now. Well, uh, yeah, Olivia, um, you were absolutely incredible on the show, <laughs> mm -hmm. and you're Thank so you. you're so fucking hilarious. Uh, let's just 
let's do a quick little rewind here because you were performing at the store a lot and then you were cut off. Are you allowed to perform there again now? Or how's No, that? not till I'm 21. I was like, the rule we had was like, um, I was allowed to go there and perform. And then as soon as my set was over, I had to leave. Yeah. Um, and then after a couple things happened, and after that, they were like, uh, no, you have to be, we're going to wait till you're 21. So, um, yeah, it's, it was just the, the the management. But I totally understand it. Like, I've never been like, oh, I deserve to be there. It's like, oh, okay, it's the law. All yeah. right. I don't want to get the club, I don't want them to have to lose their liquor license, you know? Yeah. Because then they'd have to close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw you. I, I went. I went on YouTube to like kind of, you know, I was wanted to watch some uh, stand up last night, and I was like, "Oh, Olivia's going to come on the show. I should go watch some of her stand up online." And <laughs> <laughs> what I found was That's such an old clip. <laughs> yeah, I found a, a set of yours when you're 17 years old performing at Brea. At is the that Brea right? Improv, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. you're fucking destroying. It's because I was like. I don't know what I'm doing. And everybody was like, oh my God, we remember being 17. You know? So that's what it was. Like, And then, did you notice I only did six minutes and at the end? I was like, I don't have any material left. And they were like, yay. It was great though. It was fun. It was man. great. Yeah. That was awesome. It was there other, did you have other clips up and you've pulled them or you just haven't been putting stuff up? I just haven't been putting stuff up. I hate watching myself. Like I, I had to submit a tape the other night and I have a decent tape, but the lighting is fucked. And I was like, oh, shit, I shouldn't send this in. And then I sent it in, and I was just like, oh, fuck, they're going to hate this clip. And then they got back to me, and they were like, hey, great clip, man. When are you available? And I was like, oh, that's such a relief. So I don't have anything out there because I think everything I do is shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've been doing stand-up since you were 14? 15, yeah. 15. I was like 15, about to be 16. Yeah, because I, I think I met you when you were 16 down yeah. at Max Bloom's yeah. uh, in Fullerton, that shithole. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I like it there. <laughs> when I started doing stand-up, it started when I was like like 15, like first year of high school and like i would go around to like music open mics with my friend and we would like do songs together and mm-hmm. then it kind of just ended up me doing stand-up after that so you know and and by the way when we say shithole you know that's a term of endearment for yeah. a lot of places oh, yeah. i mean i 99 percent of the gigs i do are at shitholes so oh it's yeah not, for sure yeah. yeah no i just i i like I, yeah i get it i get you i'm no, so tired i'm sorry i'm just saying i'm <laughs> saying that to the to the audience so they know oh, okay they know. Yeah. okay cool um so yeah when you uh how did you hurt your leg while you're in Canada? Let's talk about that. Oh my God, what ha- what the fuck happened? What Dude, happened? It was... I, I've known you to be clumsy. Walk us I've known you. very clumsy. Yeah, we're gonna do this just so that both you guys know this because Olivia has to take off sooner than than later. So yeah. Olivia, if you can kind of walk us through the you fly out and you get there, how does it get from the point of you landing to the leg? incident how does this go so uh the first day i flew in on wednesday and that was the first night they were taping and i wasn't on that episode of roast battle so i was like i'm gonna go and just watch so i was in the audience and then after the show i was like oh i want to go backstage and say hi to everybody um and i went up to the bouncer and i showed him my pass and and he was kind of giving me and my friend kind of like no no we can't let anybody else back here right now blah 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 and i'm like but i'm on the show yeah. and he kind of didn't really understand that so i was like fuck it i'll just go around so I went around the audience and then across the stage and the behind the stage there were like these metal grates that they were like shining lights through mm-hmm. and uh and I started walking across the platform and I slipped and I hit the ground and my shin my right shin hit the ground first and Jamar and Willie picked me up and they were like you okay and I was like yeah I'm good it kind of hurts and we both looked down at my leg and everybody went oh my god <laughs> It looked so bad. It looked like um it looked like someone had like 
torn open a bag of wet oatmeal and was just squeezing it out. Like you could see, you could see all the muscle and the fat and like. Yo, no. People told me you could see five inches of bone. It was just straight to the bone, clean cut. Oh my god. (laughs) So then I I looked down, I saw it, I was like, oh fuck. And then they were like, oh my god, somebody call nine one one. Let's get a medic in here. Like it was, and they helped me sit down, and I went into shock immediately. There were parts of it that I really don't remember or like. It was weird, but apparently, oh apparently, when I'm dying, I'm really fun to be around. Because <laughs> they propped my leg up, and the EMT started putting like abdominal pads on it. Because I was really bleeding a lot, and um, and like, uh, was oh. just blood all over the stage at this point. Were you there, Earl? Did, did you see this happening? Well, he was outside. You tell your part of it. I was outside, and uh, everyone was congratulating me on my victory, and so I'm, <laughs> I'm in like the best mood yeah. ever. And because uh, the guy I beat was like, a lot of people thought he should have won good. last year. I mean, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's very good. good. Yeah. Uh, Tom's great. Tom's amazing. Tom Ballard. And uh, Charlie, our friend from Austin, comes out. He's like, Earl, you got to get in there. Olivia's down. She's down. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. He's like, she's hurt. She's hurt. You got to get in there right now. So I go in there and she had looked so pale even just on first glance and i'm like olivia what do you need what do you need and olivia just is like get out of here you're not, <laughs> you're not making it any better and i looked at her leg and our friend omid singh said it looked like someone had opened up a sandwich on her leg yeah, it was so it was gnarly so, so gross God. dude it was really bad i thought i was dying like the emt had to put a tourniquet on my leg they stopped oh, it wow. from bleeding like yeah it was gnarly and um oh my god my my shoes were just soaked in blood my jeans are just bright red and like it was pretty bad and and um uh, and actually it was amy who yeah, was talking v? to me yeah wow and she was like she sat down right away and she was like you're gonna be okay and fahim fahim anwar was there with me for a little bit too i guess his brother's a doctor and he just sat down and he was like hey olivia gonna be okay let's stay conscious and he was just talking to me and i was just holding on women shaking and like <laughs> oh touching my. his hair apparently <laughs> i didn't know this but my hands were bleeding too so i was just getting blood all over everybody <laughs> like, oh my god wow. yeah i was i was completely in shock there were parts of it i don't remember like i can't remember if this so, happened or not but the comedy store manager who kicks me out usually he's the guy i call when i'm like hey roast battle's having an event can i go and he always says no because you're you know not 21 yet and he sat down and he started talking to me and i can't remember if i said this or not but he sat down and i looked at him and i think i went you're so handsome it's just like my leg is just open and bleeding and like it's what, crazy was the um uh God, what a what a fucking nightmare! I really but, thought I was gonna die. It was yeah, scary. <laughs> yeah, that's really really scary. What what did you like? What were you feeling while this was all happening? Were you in? Were you scared? Did you feel scared the whole time? At first, I was terrified, but I mean, I went into shock so quickly, and yeah. I was just so full of adrenaline that it didn't hurt. And I was just so focused on I like I knew instinctually that if I just kept talking and I kept making jokes and I kept saying things to people and touching people and like just moving a little bit that I would be able to stay conscious. Right. And I kept saying, like, I think I'm going to pass out. And they're like, you're not going to pass out. Just keep talking. Keep looking at me. You know, like it was good. So I, I was lucky that Amy and Fahim were there. Amy fucking saved me wow. for sure. She was she just went into like. I'm going to help you mode. And like everybody who needed to be there was there to like keep me conscious and stuff like that. And good Lord. Yeah, it was crazy. The best part Thank though God was for Amy's V. Oh my God. Seriously. She's a fucking, she's so great. She knew exactly what to do. And I was like, am I going to die? And she was like, no, look, the same thing happened to me. And she showed me like a scar on her leg. She's like, same thing happened to me. I, you know, I was fine. It's going to be fine. But wow, the, Lord. <laughs> the best part though, was when Jimmy Carr walked by. Cause he's very like hard to like, he's kind of like a hard person to mm-hmm. 
throw Shock. off. Yeah. And uh, and he was walking by, and I think he knew what was going on, and he didn't really want to look. So he he walks by, and I'm sitting there with my leg open, and the EMT is just like, and there's just a pool of blood around me. And Jimmy Carr walks by, and I'm like, hey, man, good set tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, and out of the corner of his eye, he turned, and he went, thank you. And he just kept, he was like, ugh, ugh. Like, he just didn't want to look, but he wanted to also say thanks, and he also just seemed very confused by the whole situation. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> That's God. Funny. Yeah. Wow. They called, they called an ambulance. They put me in, and then the next day I went out and did the show, and I was on you set. You were on. Like, you were. You performed the next night. The next night. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. outrageous. Yeah. It was crazy. I was. I was. How exhausted. long were you in the hospital for? I was in the hospital for about two hours. Um. The luckily the EMT put a tourniquet on, and they have to see people immediately. Mm-hmm. If you have a tourniquet on your leg, because if you leave it on for too long, oh, then they have you to start cut to, off your leg. Yeah, you yeah. start to get necrotic fr- flesh, basically, and they have to cut your leg off. So they saw the tourniquet and they were like, "Oh fuck!" Because if I didn't have it on, they would have made me wait in the ER for another like three, four hours. Mm-hmm. So they brought me into surgery right away, and the surgeon did about two hours of work on my leg, like tucking the muscle back in and stitching up muscle. Oh, my God. <laughs> I needed uh, 35 wow. stitches. And um, how how did you, like, just so everyone understands, the Nighttime Show podcast is upstairs yep. of the Hollywood Improv, so you had to come up a flight of stairs. The, she's, the, she's not even limping when we see her walking yeah, out here. That's amazing. This is, it's outrageous. It's I'm like so, five days ago. I'm so lucky that it didn't, um, Canada like, healthcare system, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Not I'm lucky bad. it didn't tear any ligaments. It didn't mm-hmm. break my knee. It didn't break any bone. It was just, honestly just a flesh wound. It was a bad one, but that's all it was. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it was so great that the comedy store manager went with me to the hospital because he was being such a dad. And like mm-hmm. we have this kind of like interesting relationship where he's always got to say no to me. Who was it? it was Eric him? Anderson. Oh, yeah. All right. He was fantastic. And we got a little bit of bonding done when we were at the hospital. And he was like, why didn't you lie to everyone at the comedy store? You would be allowed to go there if you had just <laughs> lied and told everyone that you were over 21. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't want to lie to you. And he was like, oh. Okay, that's really sweet. <laughs> so we kind of had like this moment of like repairing our relationship and stuff. But yeah, then then the next night I had to go out and they brought me a wheelchair and I went out in a wheelchair and mm-hmm. Jeremiah rolled me out and I emailed them when I got home from the hospital at like seven in the morning. I was like, hey guys, really fucked my leg up. Gonna need a wheelchair tomorrow. And they had a wheelchair. They built me this badass ramp. Like it was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, you were and and you you were fucking phenomenal on stage. Oh, like, thank you. You were amazing, and everybody you could just tell everyone loved yeah. you. Everyone was like so impressed. <laughs> thank you. It was incredible. That's a uh, that's insane. That's Dude, an insane story. I didn't know this, but I was high on codeine the whole time. Really? Because I told everybody, I was like, they gave me, they gave me like Tylenol three, which is the Tylenol with a bunch of yeah. codeine in it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to take it until after roast battle. I'm just going to take extra strength Tylenol because I didn't want to be like in a fucking coma on stage, sure. like throwing up and da da da. Right. So I was like, I'm just take Tylenol. So I started taking extra strength Tylenol. And for like three days, I was taking it, and I was like, "Man, I feel amazing! Like I felt so good, and like I was like euphoric, and I was like, I have a new lease on life because of this injury. Like wow. I see things in a whole new way." <laughs> and then I found out that extra strength Tylenol 
and Canada has a bunch of codeine in it. (laughs) (laughs) So I was high the whole time, and I didn't know, and I feel bad because I kind of yelled at Whoopi Goldberg when she was like, you high as a kite right now, and I'm like, no, I'm not. (laughs) No, I'm not. You are. (laughs) Um, You're like, shut up, Guinan. (laughs) You know what's so funny is uh, people always give uh, give shit about Canada's healthcare system about how it's great. Like, yeah, but it is a it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something real, real quick. Small weird story, but true story. Uh, my grandfather, who's passed on, he was on dialysis mm-hmm. in Montreal, Canada. That's where I'm. I'm from is London, Ontario. And my whole family is from Montreal. Oh, how cool! And, uh, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And um, when my grandfather was on uh, on dialysis in Canada, they made him go. Something like five day, five six days a week. It was like six days a week mm-hmm. on dialysis. But in when he came here to visit in California, it was uh, two to three days a week. And they said when we were like, "Oh, it's so nice, you know, having you around and, and all this other stuff." And he was like, "Yeah, but in Canada, people who are on dialysis live for like ten, fifteen, you know, years." Wow. On dialysis, they get cleared out. Cause, yeah, because it's every yeah. day, and it's hard, but it's every day. And in uh, California, people who are on dialysis usually pass within like a few years, like two, three years, oh because it's there. It's easier, but it's not as uh, it's it, you know it's not getting the job done as much. So wow. you know when I when I knew that you were if this happened to you at like the fucking you know. Uh, New York Comedy Festival, it'd be a different story, I think. Oh, you dude, know? Yeah. It'd be hosed, you'd have bills up your ass. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. It would have been so expensive. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. At the at the hospital, they were saying, um, you've got to agree to pay before we bring you into surgery. And I was like, sure, what is it? How much is it? And they were like, well, it's about $1,800. And I was like, okay. And then they were like, but you can pay like a $200 minimum. And I was like, sure. <laughs> and that's all I had to pay. I had to pay $200 for the ambulance ride for the fucking major fucking surgery mm-hmm. that's like amazing yeah, that's amazing the medication all of it was like 200 bucks <laughs> and, <laughs> like, and yeah and you're and you're doing fine you look terrific so. dude i feel amazing yeah. i'm shocked that i feel fine like the first day in the wheelchair was a nightmare and then after that it's just been like yeah people were people thought i was faking because the next day i was walking around and they were like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> But people who saw it were like, it's amazing that you're able yeah. to walk right now. It really is. I mean, it's right now it looks fantastic. Like, it looks, it's just a little bruised. She's it's been not posting swollen. kick-ass scar stitch, <laughs> stitches photos on Facebook. It's awesome. Yes. Yeah, it looks amazing. Amazing. so cool. It's the best. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't hurt. I'm not on painkillers or Tylenol Like, anymore, if, you, so. if you were still more goth, you'd be like, this is the most goth thing I've got. <laughs> uh, wait, wait. Okay. Before we continue, I got I to gotta say this. Matt, uh, I, I, uh, the other night I had a, uh, a fireball moment. And, what, uh, what what are you talking about? Oh, you know, a fireball moment. That's when you drink fireball whiskey and then you just have like, you know, a fireball moment <laughs> where like things, you know, suddenly get heightened. Everything gets better. Everything gets more mm-hmm. intense and crazier. You ever, you ever, you ever drink fireball whiskey? That's, that's like it's what happens. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the best. So <laughs> you uh, never know what'll happen if you drink fireball. You, you really don't. You really don't. And so here's what happened is I was sitting at the beach. Um, we're, uh, we're hanging out at the beach. And um, I'm just sitting there, you know, waves are crashing on the sand. I had a little bonfire going. I'm having mm-hmm. a nice time, you know? That was a bird flying. <laughs> so I'm like sitting there. I'm having a nice time. I look out in the ocean, right? I'm roasting some marshmallows. I look out in the ocean. I had like two shots of fireball. I look out in the ocean and I see a whale. What kind of whale? It was like 
a blue whale. It was enormous. Wow. Yeah, and its face, its like head, its like face was coming out of the water, and I know this is gonna sound crazy, but this is after two, two I had shots. Two shots, and okay. I can see the blue. I can see the the not two bottles, two no, shots. No, blue whale, and its face is coming out of the water, and I know this is gonna sound crazy, but it totally spoke to me. Steven. <laughs> anyway, Steven. Uh, is that the whale? That was the whale, and I said, uh, "Whale, are you are you talking to me?" Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Fernando the Whale. Wow, Fernando the Whale. Oh, yes. Would you like to come with me on an adventure? Sure, I would love to, Fernando. That sounds amazing. And then I climbed on top of mm -hmm. the whale. I swam out. I climbed on. I brought my bottle of fireball with me. I climb on top of the whale. And, uh, Hold on to my snout! I will! Oh, oh go. my god! It's amazing! We're, wait, wait, we're, wait. we're in Did the, the whale ocean. Say Hold on to his snout? Yeah, uh, spout. He said spout. Okay. Hold, Hold on, on to his spout. spout. <laughs> Here we go. Wow! It's amazing. It's like um, we're, we're flying through the ocean. and this, this whale just moves so fast. I can see everything. Oh, my God. I've never seen anything in my life. Steven, let's fly through that old pirate ship. Oh, wow. There's pirates on there, and I'm waving at them. Hi there. Who is that? It's uh, it's me, Steven, my whale. It's me and my whale. Hi, pirates. Hey, get out of here, you two. Give us your gold. Yeah, give us your gold, stupid pirate. Okay, here you go. Sweet gold. Whoa. Wow, we got gold. And um and uh and so, so yeah, and so that's how I got all that gold. That's why I bought that new car. And that's your fireball moment. Yeah, man. Fireball, it really uh pays to have an adventure. Anyways, let's get back to the show. <laughs> oh, you know. Oh yeah, how, for sure. How did you and Earl meet? How did you guys meet and, and uh start hanging out? Oh my god, we met at the comedy store at the roast battle the first night. You were the hater and, and I was this like fat chick in a baney and like, i don't know we just you were killing this guy at roast battle yeah. just, i was like who is this girl <laughs> <laughs> who was she up against i don't really remember uh oh matt cole matt oh, cole, matt cole. Yeah. oh that's so funny and matt's awesome he's, yeah, he's great a good guy. guy but yeah. olivia was just hammering this but guy he runs a yeah. fantastic room in placentia yeah i just got the... uh, i got booked to do the la habra one cask and hammer is that it okay yeah that's uh wednesdays okay yeah, yeah. no yeah, he but... books good rooms he really does yeah, no, his room in Placentia is one of the best in Southern California. Hands wow. down, the clubhouse. Yeah. Oh, I've done the clubhouse, too. a great too. show. Yeah. yeah, they didn't like me at the clubhouse because it was like a lot of older people, and I was just like, oh, I'm on Prozac. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck my mom and dad. And they're like, oh, we have kids your age. But yeah. It's old white rednecks. <laughs> Usually old fun. white rednecks, yeah. 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 my time. But, yeah. Earl, do you perform a lot outside of the out of, outside of Los Angeles? Do you go out and... I think I will now. Out? Yeah. Just uh, because... You know, to get in clubs, you gotta have TV credits. Is that the thing? Like, what is that the thing that you're most looking forward to after doing this? Is getting out on the road and getting to do that kind of stuff? Just, or what's, you know, what's been the big, uh, the big feeling? Well, just better gigs, even mm -hmm. just locally. Like tonight, I have my earliest spot ever at the store. You know, wow, amazing. So, and it's midnight, but still, it's that's a fucking great spot. <laughs> yeah, though. It's still a, yeah, it's... a step up from two a.m. Like they don't yeah. Really give me, yeah. But you know, I'm happy with the two a.m. spots too. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's yeah. so Anything, hard. Any spot's a good spot there, at the comedy I mean, store right now. It's uh, you better believe it. It's just being on uh, potluck is uh, like almost like getting passed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's so hard. Every comic's trying to get in there, and uh, you know, it's yeah. Like I've known Earl since I started for 
so for 13 years I've known Earl, and he's always been like one of the hardest working guys. You see him every single night at every open mic, like doing multiple spots a night. Like you've been working hard for a long time, and like you were a guy that everybody always knows. Like, oh, Earl, he's really funny. But then without TV credits, like people just don't care on the road. Like it's mm. you can't get spots. I mean, I'm I I know what that's like. And like you you used to go with Rob Schneider and some of the people they take yeah. you out, but I mean you can't get those same gigs yourself without the big name. And it's yeah. kind of a problem in the industry for people. Like when you're coming up, they don't book off of talent, they book off of fame. Yeah, it's certainly a catch twenty two. Because it's hard to get it's hard to get one without the other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they won't book me on the road because of uh, Big Time Rush. Yeah. Because that was like my big, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I got a, I have a yeah, kid. Your fans are 14. All my fans are 14. And I, I literally, I'm like, <laughs> that was college fucking, now. That was seven fucking years they're ago. In They've now, grown yeah. up. They're in college. They're yeah. out of college now. Yeah. And they're still like, man, they're all kids. And you're like, they're not fucking all kids, man. But I can't convince anybody yeah. otherwise. It's going to take a, a little longer. It's yeah. okay, though. Just have their parents come to your shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, tri- I've tried. It's weird. Like, here in town, it's a different It's a different thing, but definitely um, on the road. I just can't yeah. I can't crack that nut. It's That's tough, man. I mean, Screech gets work because they can oh, bring him yeah. up as, here's the guy from Saved by the Bell. Right. It's crazy. It's the way it works. Yeah, it's so weird. That guy, Mark Valley, uh, he's a great guy, but he's an actor. Yeah. But they yeah. can say, hey, here's the guy from Human Target on Fox. Yeah. yeah on- it's like... You know, uh, Steve O. It's like, oh yeah, you can go watch him staple his nutsack to his leg, but he'll get booked ahead of every single comic mm-hmm. that you know because he was a big name. Because he stapled his nuts to his <laughs> leg. Well, I think that's a, God bless him. There's definitely a turnaround happening. Like the scene that I'm doing a lot of stand up in now is like this really organic, like underground, like punk scene. Like most of my shows now are in like people's fucking backyards. Yeah, a lot of backyard shows going on now. It's awesome. Yeah. It's so great. I've run a show in like the patio of a vintage store, and our first show was packed. Amazing. And the second show was packed. And it's like just these hardcore fans of comedy who like are like, okay, we're tired of seeing all the fucking like manufactured mm-hmm. shit and who want to see like real comics, which is fucking great, you know? Mm-hmm. They know that if they go to the improv, like you're gonna see a certain kind of act yeah yeah Yeah. you're gonna see you know you can go to the improv and see like blah blah blah, name comics tv people i've seen them on tv but these these people are like genuine like we want to see something we've never seen before which is awesome i love i love it so i think there's like a turnaround happening where people are starting to notice that and then one day that will become the mainstream i think i hope Mm -hmm. so that'd be really cool yeah i mean you know it it seems to things seem to be moving in a nice way yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I like that. I like that a lot. What? Okay, so Earl, you were on on Roast Battle on this show before it was a TV show. You were the house racist. Is I, that correct? <laughs> well, I was, so you like were I, like, I, that's like, the kind of term that was being used. Like I said, I was playing Tommy. Yes, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you just said I was playing Tommy. People would have known what I was doing, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, I did that for about nine months on my own, and I was just running out of racist things to say. And it was done out of an Archie Bunker type of character. Oh, it was very funny. Uh, oh, thanks. I mean, but it's tough to, you know, after nine months, I was just like, I'm, I can't say anything more racist <laughs> or homophobic. <laughs> or So I asked uh, Whitney Rice to, I was like, well, I need a girl, hot girl who's funny, who could, like, break the 
the uh, the meanness and the weirdness of what I'm saying. And so she came on board, and we did that for about nine months, and she Amazing. was awesome. That's what became known as the haters table. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, Whitney Rice, by the way, phenomenal. And her TV show just got picked up. Yeah. Uh, no, she's on great. Amazon. Amazing. With John Goodman and stuff. That's it's awesome. Huge. She's great. So then she left the show. Because it's a hard show for a girl to work on. She was basically the only girl. Right, yeah. And yeah. then uh, I went back to uh, doing it by myself. And uh, I think Comedy Central was like, yeah, you're really funny, dude. But uh, this character that. is <laughs> yeah. uh, no bueno. Yeah. <laughs> so you can roast if you want. And wow. if you, you want to get to roast battle on TV, you got to beat our number one roast writer, Jesse Joyce. Whoa. So uh, that's how I got on uh yeah, but you didn't just like beat him. You scared the shit out you, of him. Yeah, you pummeled him, man. His face when you came out, he seemed pretty confident. And then you came out and he was just, you could just see the blood drain from his face. He was like, oh my God, I don't know what I got myself into. <laughs> man, it was so funny. You had some vibrato, man, on every single one of these. Uh, every every time you came out on stage, you were more intense than the last time you came out. And that, you know, the thing that you did too, which I gotta, I just got to say, I have so much respect for. <laughs> for is that you came out shirtless and like covered in oil or water or whatever or in oil, a cape oil and, oil yeah. which is so genius because you come out and you you you're like you're like I'm an easy target hit me hit me with the best thing you got look yeah. at me hit me with your little I'm an I'm easy baby hit me and they got fucking nothing yeah. nobody has yeah. shit and they try and it's nothing sticking because you're already you're already like poking fun at yourself. You're yeah. already playing, and so because of that, uh, you get to you get to just rip in and tear into them. And you know, it's it's be- it was brilliant. Well, I I'm kind of cheating because it's you know, <laughs> everyone's writing Earl Skakel jokes. Earl is this, Earl is that, but I'm not really Earl up there. Yeah. So right. it's kind of you're like, like a character of yeah. caricature of Earl. Yeah. I thought it was great, man. It was oh, a thanks. great move. It's so great. You know, I'm all about the mental warfare of roast battles. Yes. <laughs> now there's a. Uh, the set that they had, they were sort of going for like a Thunderdome kind of look. They got the it. Shows what it looked like, which was kind of cool. Um, do you feel that there's something missing from like the intimate venue of the belly room? Like when you watch it on TV, is it sort of just like, I mean, it's a different feel. It's a different show than what you see live. Um, how do you feel about that? Dude, I think they did like a really good job of like making the set look as as much like the belly room as they could mm-hmm. you know not that they made it look exactly like the belly room but they they managed to capture that feeling you yeah. know what i mean like if if you're in there like people were sitting really really close to each other mm-hmm. and and then they had that part upstairs that balcony that looked down and it was like this like crazy roman lion's den type yeah. thing and then the bleachers in the back were just People squish together, and that's kind of the vibe of the belly room. It's this tiny, hot, like dark space where it feels like a safe place to say crazy shit. And I think that's—I think they did a really good job of designing the set to mm-hmm. match the like the vibe of the show. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, you know, because last year that was the same room we did uh, roast battle in, and it was just a big kind of nightclub setting okay stage was on the other side of the room so whoever they they didn't build a set for that one because it wasn't on tv at that time no it was uh kind of like an experimental uh week up there Mm -hmm. you know you didn't know really how the whole show was going to work out if outside the belly room it's going to translate yeah did they have the wave last year yeah they had the wave and then uh me and whitney were there as the haters okay and uh we were successful in varying degrees each night (laughs) So, uh, 
you know, and this year was as close to the belly room as you can get. Yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah. And and also have it jam packed, you know. And I mean it was they must have been like, All right, this can seat uh, you know, a hundred people and they're like, All right, put two hundred and fifty in there because <laughs> everyone yeah. was like squished together. You you couldn't even see like behind the judges, you're like, Who is that? And you, you look closer and you're, you're like, like, Oh, oh it's that's Hannah Brian, Burris. Or Brian Posehn yeah. or this yeah. or that one. You're yeah. like, damn, everybody was there. That thing is yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um Olivia, I know that you have to take off so that you can run and do your you run and do your set? Are you having to take off? Are you okay? Yeah, if that's yeah. okay. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I hate doing that. Uh, well, I was high on codeine when I said yes to this show. So I was <laughs> like, oh, more fuck. than fine. Look, uh, when you're <laughs> yeah. off coding and you're totally clear, and I don't know what you know what the rules are when it comes to things like this, but I picked something up for you so that because I, I want I don't have any, you know, I, I wasn't sure what I could get you to like make you feel better. Oh, uh, thank but, you. But I found this. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's uh, from a company called Blackout X and it's a disposable vape pen 2.0 it's for uh e-liquid oil and wax and so you can use it for your uh for you know the oh, types wow. of things that people <laughs> use uh vape pens for it's like the top cool. on the market it's very cool high end stuff very high yeah. end stuff and so uh, I don't know if you're a, a vape type person, but uh, yeah, but, but but yeah, you can use it for all sorts of uh, wonderful, uh, wonderfulness and uh, absolutely. So thank you for coming and being a part of the show, and Aww. thanks for telling us your uh, the, that story. It's thank you terrifying. for listening to yes. my terrifying story. Yeah, um, thanks guys for having me on too. Is it cool if I plug a show really quick? Yeah, tell yeah. us, tell us, and tell people where they can find you online. Oh yeah, uh, well yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at lol Olivia Grace. Um, my website is oliviaisfunny.com, um, where you can check out where all the shows I'm going to be at are. And uh, on August 12th at the Lyric Hyperion Theater at 10 o'clock, uh, I'm doing a porn game show uh, with David Deary, Hampton Yunt, and Greg Edwards. Um, so if you want to come watch porn with a bunch of comedians, uh, come check it out. That sounds amazing. Yeah, sounds like, yeah <laughs> it's absolutely, gonna be fun. Absolutely hysterical <laughs> and a great concept. So yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for uh, for hanging out. Um, Earl, would you hang out with yeah, us for yeah. a little longer? Yes. Is that yeah. cool? Bye, thanks Olivia. for having me. Thank you, Olivia. You bet. Thanks a lot, Bye. Olivia Grace. Yes. Thank you, Olivia. Thanks, Bye. Olivia. Yeah. You can go out that way. Yeah, you bet. That's fine. So, Earl, now that Olivia's gone. <laughs> what a fucking bitch. <laughs> You're the best, man. No, she's awesome. No, I mean, she's uh, great. 20 years old to be that good. And I mean, to go to Montreal and. and it's incredible. The guy she went up against, K. Trevor Wilson, is mm-hmm. an animal. Yeah, he was that a beast guy on that is show. Fucking brilliantly I funny. Mean, and he's just, he's like a male version of Olivia, where he just mm-hmm. looks at you. Because he's who I face in the consolidation yes. round. Yeah. It just looks, you go, okay, I'm fat. What else you got, dude? Yeah. And yeah. he just stares at you. And he's, but he's the nicest guy. Like, you can't find a nicer guy. Yeah. Um, like, I think yeah. she had a great joke where it was something like, uh, his name is K. Trevor Wilson. The K is because he's the same size as a thousand Trevors. <laughs> Which is so funny. <laughs> and he just laughed at her. Yeah. You know, and I, oh. I had a joke against him. Uh, uh, it was a moderate fat joke, and he just looked at me and goes, yeah, well, I'm on stage with you, buddy. Yeah. So I was like, oh, fuck. Shit. Did fuck. you ever imagine that roast battle was going to be sort of like your ticket to like the next step in your career? No. I mean, uh, I, I've been on the show from day one where it was literally uh, two uh, comics, Kenny Lyon and Josh Martin. Yeah. Uh, Wanting to get into a fist fight. Yeah, we had Brian Moses on, yeah. and he told us the whole story oh, so, about how it started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, to think that Kenny Lyon is partly responsible 
for a show getting on. And he, he really yeah. is, because if they don't yeah. get into that fight that night, Moses probably just would have kept doing an open mic there. And mm-hmm. uh, it's I've never really been a part of something from day one to I've got Judd Apatow talking to me going, hey, man, you're great, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So it's pretty God, surreal. What, a, what an insane situation, man. How, uh, yeah, to watch to watch that happen. I mean, to, I mean, you were so close to it to be able to watch that happen to Brian Moses and and watch Jeff Ross get involved. What what was the change like from Jeff Ross not being involved to watching Jeff be involved? Like, what? How did how did that change the show? Well, he's like uh, Mr. Comedy Central, Mr. Roast Battle, or Mr. Roaster. Yeah. So uh, he definitely gave the show credibility. Just knowing who uh, Moses or I were, and yeah. we, were, we were like the two, I guess, uh, main parts of the show, and uh, celebrities weren't really coming up there. You'd have a few maybe pop their head in and go, what the fuck is this? And then uh, once Jeff came on, you'd see Dave Chappelle come up. You'd see Hannibal come up. Mm-hmm. You'd see you know, Mary Lynn Reichkup come up. You'd see all these just amazing – Ron White loves the show now, comes yeah. every week. Uh, it just added Jeff added credibility to uh, a bunch of not aimless comics, but like no one, none of us knew how to pitch a show or or get it on yeah. the air, and uh, it's just it's been amazing to fascinating, you know, just see the whole process from beginning to hopefully not the end, but yeah, where, you know, beginning to where it is now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know uh, who knows what's next. I mean, I could see them doing this every year at Montreal. Just you have a series of. Uh, yearly battles and the mm-hmm. winners plus selected uh you know uh i guess buy-in roasters can just come in yeah i mean like moses mm-hmm. was telling us that they do this like versions of this show is now going on on like five different continents people are doing this all over wherever they do comedy there are roast shows going on that are sort of modeled on what they've seen on periscope of roast battle it's yeah it's I think kind s- of amazing south africa i think just did a mm-hmm. like a big uh, roast battle tournament uh I know a couple Canadian cities do it, uh, but I think LA has the we have by far have the deepest pool of roasters. I mean, there's. I think it's the nature of comedy in LA. You've got yeah. probably yeah. here in New York have the two largest pool of comedians, and but not a lot of people like doing it. I mean, yeah. I don't really like roasting. Like, it's not like, you know, I'm just right. good at it. I guess yeah. to a degree. You know, the thing that I like, one of the things I like about you so much, Earl, is that you're you're so fucking down. Like you're just da- if it's funny and you can find the funny in it, you just you're a part of it. You'll jump in. You jumped in, and I I totally owe you for this. Is that you jumped in and did a sketch with us yeah. for yeah. The nighttime show, Robbie? Like with Robbie, mm-hmm. and it was so funny and super weird, and uh, you know, but like you know, like just the being just being down to like jump in and screw around and keep and keep throwing yourself into the mix again and again in different you know venues and different you know uh you have to. ways yeah you know, it's awesome you can't just be a comedy store guy or an improv girl or laugh laugh factory or whatever you have to like spread your wings and you know roasting's not really my uh specialty but uh how did you how did you find your way to the store? Like how did you find your way to the comedy store in the beginning? It's where I started in like 2000. It was the first place I went to and uh I saw Brody Stevens uh I think my second night there mm-hmm. make an open micer cry. Uh, <laughs> what? Really? He was hosting Potluck and uh I mean now I think it's really funny, but back then uh this kid from La Jolla had bombed pretty badly. Mm-hmm. Do you remember who it was? I don't. Never seen him since. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Brody got back on. Said, "Hey, where are you from, man?" The kids like La Jolla. He's like, 
Well, that drive just got a lot longer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Which is totally my sense of humor now to say that. Uh, And I'm like, I don't think I'm ready for this place. And so I didn't come back till like 2009. You know, I did rooms like where I met you guys in. Bowling Alley. Canoga Park. Park. Bowling Alley. What? Shout out. Canoga Bowl. You know, the uh, Peach Pit or whatever it was called. What was the pit? The pit. Stephen Pearl named it the pit. Yeah. And he was the guy who was like, he'd come in and be like, this is the pit. That's what he was It like. was. It was the pits. Yeah, uh, it was. In the pit. <laughs> yeah. um, it was, it was a, you perform below the people sitting. Like, yeah, I, you're below sea level. The worst possible thing it's you could do. It's the worst. Oh, it's yeah. the worst. But, uh, you know, and then you were in the uh, LA's Funniest, funniest Person. Coming, where you could be a judge and a yeah. contestant in I the was. same contest. Yeah. yeah. I was uh, a contestant one week, and then I was <laughs> judging, judging with Malika Kennison, <laughs> who fell asleep <laughs> when Sheldon Tuck was, uh, you know, uh, doing his thing. Oh, I just got a text Sheldon from Sheldon Tuck. Tuck a couple days ago. Awesome, dude. He was yeah. so sweet. He's in Portland now. He just texted me a couple days ago. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, how above board is this contest when yeah. you're like, judging and... <laughs> MCing with three weeks later with Mel Cole. And, and that was uh, when it was the funniest comic in the Valley. Oh. Now it's the funniest comic in L.A. And they do it at Sal's Comedy Hall. Well, that, uh, you know, bigger and better venues. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember the first time, well, I mean, the first year it happened, Anthony Jeselnik won the two-year and under category. And I finished second Isn't that to him. Crazy. And that's I look at that. And I'm like, if I would have just won, I'd I'd have that career. That Whitney, yeah. Whitney fucking Cummings came out of that. Yeah. Out, of the, out of that Canoga Park bowling alley. A lot of I mean the talent we level was there. there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, there's a l- couple questionable comics who are allowed to perform there weekly. Oh, all the time. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Seventy five comics and. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, I used to MC that, and it would be like, all right, this is gonna be five hours of. It was brutal. Doing it because be from eight p.m. to one a.m. Yeah, yeah. You know the reason that uh, I ended up sticking in and be staying a comedian is because of <laughs> Matt Walker hosting the uh, Canoga Park Bowling Alley. Do you know that? No, that's a yeah. true story, Errol. Um, I was uh, we were hanging out and Fat James, rest in peace. F- yeah, rest do in I peace. remember? He, uh, yeah. Fat James. Uh, <laughs> How could you forget Fat James? Yeah, you can't forget yeah. Fat James. So Fat James uh, was a comedian, and a very funny guy, and he passed on. And uh, but but at the time, he was just late that yeah. night for his spot, and so Matt, who was hosting, said, uh, "Hey, Fat James isn't here. Uh, can we get Fat Steve?" Yeah. And I walked out of the club, uh, out of the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. I went in my car and mm-hmm. I cried in my car. Really? Yep. And I texted him and I said, it really hurt my feelings that you called me Fat Steve. And Matt te- Matt read it out loud I on go on stage. stage and I said, hey, I just got a text from Stephen Glickman. He says that I hurt his feelings when I called him Fat Steve 15 yep. minutes ago. And that's ago. why he's and not And then he's here. crying in his car. Right. And then he texted me and said, you're not allowed no, to I ca- have- I talked to you on the phone. Me. He called me yeah. on the phone and he said, you're not allowed to have feelings. You're a comedian. Yeah. yeah, he's right. And I was like, I'm, and then we became like, best friends yeah, after that. Yeah, we became best friends. And we've been best friends yeah. ever since. But it was like him telling me that I was a comedian meant that I like it. It it was like what he said was justified because now I'm a comedian. I I can't have feelings, yeah. and it completely changed the like way I dealt with five months everything. into comedy at that time. Yeah, I at think, that yeah. point, I had just been doing theater, and I was like two years into comedy. Acting. I didn't fucking know anything. Yeah. 
But, yeah. you know, it, it totally changed the whole way that I see myself. And then when I got to the comedy store, they just made me fucking harder because <laughs> they were just much me- – they were meaner than Matt. Yeah. You know, they're, I mean, I had PJ Stansberry throwing lit cigarettes at me while I was on stage. I, I can believe that. Is yeah. he still – he's not – is he still around? Um, I mean, he's still around. I don't know if he get uh, – what his status is up there, but uh, you know, Adam's like kind of cleaned house with some of the. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank God for some, some of, of that questionable uh, employees. You know, uh, comics that Tommy was putting up. So, uh, uh, how many venues have you been banned from? Any? None. None. Wow. It's I mean, amazing. sixteen years and not banned from anywhere. That's well, I kind of uh, keep my head down and don't cause too yeah. many problems. And where did you grow up? Did you grow up here in in L.A.? I grew up in the hills, of Bel Air. Oh. So wow. Jesus Christ. But when I tell people that, they just assume I'm like some super loaded rich kid. But uh, my dad bought the house in the 60s. Right. Bel Air was no nicer than, say, this neighborhood right now. And uh, then they had the Bel Air fire, which burned down every house but my dad's house. And then all the ones that got rebuilt. Yeah. So we, it was really incredibly lucky. We were like the Adams family of Bel Air. (laughs) We had like 20 dogs. Cats, pigs. Uh, I mean, we had a decent house, but it was definitely not, you know, Stallone's house was down the street. Yeah. Uh, OJ, great mm-hmm. guy with me. <laughs> I never had a problem with yeah. him. Uh, you know, beat Elsa soon. So, I mean, this, yeah. it was a crazy neighborhood to grow up in. Wow. So, Did you have a lot of friends as kids that went on to become famous? No, not really. My childhood was uh, really spent up at Bel Air Country Club playing golf by myself and maybe my dad. A couple of the kids who were uh, members also up there. I mean, it was. I loved playing golf as a kid. Are you just, good? Do you still play? Or? No, I. It's funny. Like, uh, my parents moved to Florida in '88, uh, so they had to sell the membership. So I thought, yeah, I still want to play. I'm going to join Mountain Gate, which mm-hmm. is a club uh, up on the Sepulveda Pass. If you ever on the 405, you see that golf course. Up yeah, there. sure. And I really love this place because I thought they let you know. Country clubs are very racist. Very few yes. blacks. Very few Jews. Uh, Virtually no Mexicans. Yeah. And that's what I loved about Mountain Gate. Blacks, <laughs> Mexicans, everyone. Oh, wow. Oh, they were there. Okay. Yeah, they were there as, as members, not I, caddies. I thought, I thought it was like, and that's what I loved about Mountain Gate. No <laughs> blacks, no <laughs> Jews, no Mexicans. No, I, I thought, I was like, are we, yeah, it's back, it's back to the- It's back to the, the house race. Yeah. Yes. No, I just love it. Wow, this is like a country club An for integrated club. everybody. Yeah. Wow. First day I joined, I set my bags out by the pro shop to get some golf balls. Come out, my clubs were stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that place. <laughs> True story. Wow. Oh, that's funny. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. So I haven't played. I literally have not hit a golf since, ball since. Since you lost your clubs. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so. so funny. When did you become obsessed with hockey? Uh, when I was a little kid, uh, probably about 12 years old. You know, the King games weren't televised. Yeah. Because I, I grew up in L.A. and you were a couple years older than me, yeah. I think. Not much. But, I mean, I grew up in L.A. and it's like, I there was one person in my 3,000 student high school who cared about hockey. One guy. Yeah. That was it. Like, it's not a thing that you grew up in Southern California caring about hockey. Nobody gives a shit. And they were good in the 80s. Like yeah, that was when uh, Gretzky came over. Oh, and they. Yeah. But even before Gretzky, like, they had good, always Some had good, good teams. teams. But uh, so I got Ranger games on cable. Mm-hmm. And there was this player by the name of Barry Beck. Uh, hockey fans would know him. I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. uh, non-hockey fans would know him. But uh, at the time, he was just like the shack of hockey. He was 6'3", 220 pounds. Uh, white guy with a huge mm-hmm. afro, no helmet. So I just became obsessed with him, and because uh, he would just bully people, and no one would fight him because he no one wanted to mess with him. And uh, so I got into really just watch him, and then fell in love with the sport. Such a great sport, amazing. Yeah. Now you've got 
an amazing jersey collection. But now I don't wear them. Yeah, yeah. That was like your thing for like for a decade. Yeah, probably like six years, and then I did a pilot uh, for Barry Katz, uh, which is a great show called One Night Stand Up, mm-hmm. and uh, filmed at the Comedy Store. It's about 2007, and the premise of the show was it's a dating show, eight comics, one girl. The girl never sees you. She hears your act. That's a great show. Yeah. I, uh, I would love to watch that show. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, and this was right around the Duke lacrosse case. So, I th- so I'm about to walk on stage. I had like a Rangers jersey on. Mm-hmm. Barry Katz grabs me by the arm and goes, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, oh, man, it's just my thing. It's like kissing makeup, you know? And yeah. he's like, you can't wear that. I'm like, why not, man? He's like, uh, logo restrictions, you dummy. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> I hear Whitney Cummings introing it's, me. He's saying your name. Yeah, yeah, so I had to take off the shirt, and I had the worst affliction shirt on ever. Just, <laughs> oh, my God. The just, douchiest looking thing. Oh, it was like that. right out of the Josh Nasser collection. Oh, <laughs> oh the Josh oh. Nasser collection. And I love Nasser, but he, he would admit himself so he wore that. Good. He posted a picture on Facebook the other day that we were all like, oh, that's from like 2007. He's like, no, this was a 2012. Yeah. Of like, this is like the douchiest looking clothes. Oh. It was so funny. Yeah. So I then I, uh, I thought, ah, fuck, I'm going to go deep on the first joke about the Duke uh, rape. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, guys, uh, the captain of the lacrosse team, he had a degree in economics. So if anyone know two didn't go into 47, it was that guy. <laughs> oh, my God. 400 people in that room, two people laughing, Ian Bag and Dave Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad <laughs> sign. Oh, that's, so that's dangerous. Ooh. Oh, so God. I, and I just, I was, I'm on TV taping at six minutes in, I'm like, hey, how much time do I have left? I mean, I was bombing. Oh, that's, oh. I can laugh now, but it affected me for years. It really oh, did. Oh, my Lord. Did you... Did that sort of like make you think maybe this isn't for me? Like maybe I'm not good enough? Uh, to a degree. I mean, I can't say I thought of quitting because of it, uh, but I was like, wow, I'm not as good as – not that I was cocky, but uh, I was like, wow, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. Yeah. Who was, who was else Who else was on that show? Do you uh, remember? Ian Bag, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think Patrick Keene, mm-hmm. a really funny Canadian comic named Rob Pugh, who okay. had killed right before me. So I was primed yeah. to kill. Yeah, they're set up. Uh, yeah, I mean, Heat Rob was amazing, and uh, it just didn't work out. Who won the date? Um, I don't even think they got that far. I think the show never got past uh, that show uh, for some reason. I did a I did a Barry Katz pilot with Alan Thicke. Oh, we wow. shot it on a soundstage and everything. It was amazing. What I, was it? It was a game show where- Oh, uh, I remember. You told me yeah, about it was that like a weird, Yeah, it was a weird game show, and I played- uh, I, He asked me if I would be like a regular person- and I said, um, so I could be like a contestant in it. Right. And I said that I would do it on the condition that I could do an accent. <laughs> and he said, and Barry was like, oh, okay, whatever. You yeah. know, I don't care. And so then they started rolling. And immediately I was like, this is so much fun, y'all. We're having fun, huh? <laughs> this is fun. Look at you guys and your fun. Isn't that Alan Thicke from the Growing Pain show? And I was like, that the whole wow. time. And I did not break. I kept it the whole time. And Barry was just like, it's fucking unwatchable. And I didn't do it to ruin it. I was yeah, just right. fucking around trying to have like a little bit of fun with it. But yeah, yeah it, was, it was unwatchable, probably. Well, I, saw, I, I like Barry, though. He's, he's cool. Guy. I mean, I saw him in Montreal. Uh, he saw me after the roast battle, and he was like, hey, you look familiar to me. I'm like, <laughs> do we know each other? And he, I'm like, no. <laughs> nope. Wow. <laughs> I don't want you to remember me yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Great. 
great. I think I told him my name was Tony Moss, even though he had just... He just saw you on stage. He just saw me on Roast Battle, and uh, Tony Moss is the character. And I'm obsessed with the movie Showgirls. <laughs> yes! Uh, yeah. And uh, Tony Moss was the kind of dicky choreographer. And uh, <laughs> So that's the fake name I always give people. I like yeah. that. That's a good fake name. I'm trying that's to get... surprising. In. See, Earl is sort of known for, like, having... A lot of knowledge about a lot of things that nobody gives a shit about. But that's what makes me so enduring, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I, I sort of share a lot of that with Earl, and yeah, well, I also care a lot fucking, about things that nobody cares about. This fucking guy knows everything about every game show that's ever been on TV. He's seen every single every single episode of every single version of a Star Trek television show, <laughs> animated series. Yeah. I mean, every, knows everything that ever exists about that. We had and- Brandon Braga on our podcast, who was a writer on Next Generation, executive producer of Star Trek Voyager, and created Star Trek Enterprise, and I taught him something about star trek yeah yeah 100 percent. but it's like yeah. that's what makes us so uh you know charming to crowds you know like yeah. last night i did 10 minutes on the stallone film cobra <laughs> yeah yeah man great movie and i'm trying so hard to get the bad guy on my podcast like i'm, I'm oh. like oh. calling managers agents. who is this who's the, who was the bad guy uh his name's brian thompson and he's very recognizable because he's got kind of a pro- pronounced jaw mm-hmm. and he's uh you know, he's definitely a unique looking guy, but, uh, you know, so far. But I do have the bad guy from Roadhouse coming on. Oh, wow. Awesome. That's great. So uh, I like getting weird guests. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's now, awesome. Cobra was a movie. I remember that was supposed to be like the launching point for a franchise. And they were projecting it to be like this killer huge movie. But then Batman came out like three weeks before and just got. It just got rolled over by Batman. Like, nobody went to go see it because Batman was just, like, number one at the box office for, like, 12 weeks in a row, and Cobra just got crushed. Well, I think it was originally... I might be getting some of the story wrong, but it was... uh, Stallone was offered, I think, Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. And he... What he got when he read the script, he turned that into Cobra. Ah, interesting. So, you know, Stallone... He's sort of known for that because the other thing they talked about how... I were reading in a, a screenwriting... I used to read screenwriting magazines for some reason. Even though I've never written a screenplay, but I used to, when I was in college, I used to read screenwriting magazines, and there was a story in one of them about Stallone and the way he wrote Rocky. And then he had a deal with these two guys to uh, put together a movie. And then he wrote this movie, and it was about like a fighter and whatever. And they're like, okay, this is whatever. Let's go back, do another rewrite. And then they wind up seeing. He's in production on this movie, Rocky. They're like, hey, that's our movie. And then he's like, no, no, your movie's another one. And he wrote this other one about like a wrestler that came out around the same time that was a piece of garbage. And then they go to see Rocky and they're looking at the screen. They're like, like on a, at a screening, they're like, we just lost $100 million. Like when he's like raising his hands over his head, they're like, this movie's going to make $100 million. So that should be our movie, but we can't prove it. Wow. Yeah. What a fucking situation. It was a weird thing. Yeah. Well, listen, we got to wrap things up. Uh, Earl... Tell us uh, what's uh, happening next. What's what do you what's uh, on the docket? What's what are you gonna do? Uh, well, just uh, starting to take some calls from uh, you know entertainment executives. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know roast battle I think was a hit show. And, Hell uh, yeah! So that's We're gonna uh, be reading about Earl in the trade soon. Signing with someone, hopefully. I this, hope so. This yeah. is gonna come out tomorrow. So, um, uh, so yeah. yeah. So the uh, you know in comedy store early earlier spots now and. <laughs> that's great. Uh, I mean, I'll take it. I'm not really in the business for fame or money. I just love doing stand-up, yeah. which is probably the worst thing to tell industry people. Like, they don't want to hear that. They're like, uh, what do you have 
uh, that we can sell or pitch. I'm like, uh, I don't know, backyard comedy. A, a, uh, ten, a ten minute bit about the movie Cobra. Yeah, is that, so, is that marketable. Yeah, I, but it could be though. There, there's a market for like an '80s talk show where you only interview people like that. From guy. that, that would be great. Uh, I'd I watch mean, that. It's a niche show for sure, but there's you know when you see fucking Ink Master on TV and yeah. people are getting tattoos, you know and. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like know. we went to pitch our talk <laughs> oh show once. Does not say where we went. Yeah, we but... went to a company, and then they were like, "Well, you know, I don't think people really want to see stand ups talk on a couch like they do stand up. Like it just doesn't seem like something we want to see." And we're like, "Don't you like, make you guys, a show about people who run a pawn shop?" Like I was like, "They they run a show. They have a show about people who go dumpster diving. Dumpster divers is the name of the show." The dumpster divers. It's and crazy. You're like, get yeah. the fuck out of here. They had a show about female cops that give tickets. It's called, uh, um, like, it's called like, like lady cops. Or lady somebody. cops. It's, it's stupid. You're like ticket you- ticket women or yeah. something like that. Fucking horrendous. So I mean, look, you know, their your, opinions don't mean anything. You're yeah. fucking unbelievably funny, and you crush so hard on the show and getting to watch you on Comedy Central repeatedly night after night after night. I was I watched you at home one night, I watched you on my phone one night, I watched you in in uh uh that pizza place um that we got the pizza for Fresh Brothers Fresh Brothers Pizza. I sat at Fresh Brothers Pizza down the street in West Hollywood and watched you crush in a room and the best part was watching you on Comedy Central in Fresh Brothers with the volume turned up because I was like, y'all need to turn this volume up. <laughs> and then everyone in Fresh Brothers was all laughing, laughing and enjoying yeah. oh, And I was cool. like, this is amazing, man. It was amazing. I'm so happy for you, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Well, it's, yeah. it's been awesome, but just real fast, just yeah. to show you the craziness of shows that get on the air, don't get on the air. I saw the guy, Adam Richman, not the comic, but the guy who does Man vs. Food. Okay. sure. Yeah. He went to Roast Battle and uh, came up to me after and said, you're really funny, all that stuff. And I'm like, hey, I got an idea for a show. And he got real interested. I'm like, it's perfect uh, to come on after Man vs. Food. It's called Man vs. Toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about tw- it's competitive eating. You just fuel these people with as much food as they can eat. You line up 12 porta potties. There's a scale at the bottom. They take the biggest mm-hmm. dumps they can. And the one who crafts the less gets kicked off. And he literally looked at me, and you'd think he would say, no, I'm sorry, dude, that's not a good idea. He's like, well, then what happens? (laughs) (laughs) That's Hollywood, baby. So, I mean, that shows you how, like, great shows never get on the air and, uh, you know, the hot dog eating contest. Hockey can't get on ESPN. Yeah. And... (laughs) Hot dog eating contest. What's Joey Chestnut? Get the mustard yellow belt again this year. 73 Took a dogs. Matt Stoney. 74 and a half new world record he's setting his qualifying. He know we've Sorry. had Joey Chestnut on oh, our I was show. So excited. Yeah. Oh, I mean that guy yeah. is a tank. And, it's, uh, but he by the way, but yeah, you have to listen to Joey Chestnut on Date Fails with Kate Quigley and Stephen Glickman. He tells a story that's the greatest story I've ever heard anyone tell in my entire life. If you go look it up on your iTunes, go to Date Fails. With Stephen Glickman and Kate Quigley, yeah. listen to the episode. It's got You're me and Joey Chestnut on gonna, it, and it's amazing. Yeah, you need to hear that story. It went up on TMZ. TMZ That's how picked good the story it up. Was. You can even go to and and check it out on TMZ and just look up look on yeah. TMZ's website for Joey Chestnut, Kate's and you will best. hear yeah. the most insane thing ever. And I love yeah. Kate Quigley; she's oh, the best. I do awesome. too. God bless her. All right. Well, listen. Uh, where can people find you on the uh, interweb? Uh, just Twitter and Instagram. It's at Earl Skakel, E A R L S K A K E L, and uh, the inappropriate Earl podcast with. Uh, if you're a fan of 80s relics, I, I find them. <laughs> where, where can you find that? Is that on iTunes? Uh, sorry, uh, iTunes and SoundCloud. Okay, great. Awesome. What about you, Matt? 
Uh, you can go to funnymat.com. I got links to everything on there. Or if you found me annoying, let me know at mattwalkersucks.com. Yeah, it's a great website, and people will go there, and they talk lots of shit about you. And you guys are both great, by the way. Oh, Thank you, Earl. Pish posh. A lot of years in the jungles with both you. And, yeah. Uh, you Thanks, don't pal. like people uh, usually this much, but uh, <laughs> you know. well, thank you very Thanks, much, man. Uh, you know, you can always get me at Stephen Glickman, S T P H E N Glickman on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And then uh, don't and next forget- Tuesday, doing an AMA on Reddit. Yes. Tuesday at noon. Tuesday at noon, AMA. Ask me anything on Reddit. Matt's gonna help me because I'm not good at computers. Yes. But he's going to be there, and we're going to so do it. So you can talk about storks. You can talk about Big Time Rush. You can talk about absolutely the forty-year-old virgin that knocked up forty-one-year-old virgin knocked up Sarah Marshall. Remind Stuff, people of the it. horrible choices I've made in my life. <laughs> I'm going to go on under alternate accounts and ask you embarrassing questions. That's I what I'm going to do. I can't stand you. Uh, yeah. You're the worst and the best friend ever. <laughs> hey guys, listen. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Nighttime Show podcast. And uh, thanks all for listening. This has been Roast Battle Wrap Up. I'm Stephen Kramer Glickman on the Nighttime Show. 